When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1080. I hope you're doing well and and hanging in there. Um, Let's just jump right in with the ID10T community corkboard. Um, events at ID10T.com is how you would get your thing uh, listed on the ID10T community corkboard. Um, this one is uh, someone that I follow, an artist that I follow on Instagram uh, named Jenny Bird Alcantara. Is She is one of the most amazing artists her work is stunning. I mean, like, stunning. And I follow her work because I'm a huge fan of it. And um, we've gotten to be kind of pals uh, on Instagram. And she's just so nice. And I wanted to give her a shout-out because, number one, her work is incredible. And number two, she had a show that was scheduled uh, for this month. Today is July 10th, and I believe tomorrow is the last day of, of the exhibition. It went up at KP Projects Gallery in Los Angeles. But you can imagine the challenges of having an exhibition during a pandemic. Uh, so um, they uh, sent me all the work in, in an email, and I have to say, it's incredible. And I was just looking at JPEGs like, it must be mind-blowing in person. So please follow her, uh, Jenny Bird Art, on Instagram. And she will become one of your new favorite artists. And she also said that um, she's going to do a print release on July 11th. So I think, she's, I think she'll post about it today on Instagram. Um, on July 11th, for 48 hours, uh, a limited edition release of a print release of one of the pieces of art from the show that she put up. And um, 100% of the net proceeds from all sales will go to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Transgender Law Center, specifically for Black LGBTQIA+, uh, and the Migrant Project. So like I said, that's for the next 48 hours. So follow her uh, on Instagram and enjoy one of your new favorite artists. But Jenny Bird, congratulations on your show. Uh, I'm sorry that the state of the world made it difficult for you to have the kind of gallery opening and show that you absolutely deserved. But it does not change the fact that your work is so moving and stunning and vibrant and and incredible. So thank you for making it. And everyone else, go to Jenny Bird Art on Instagram. This episode is Ashley Eckstein, who I've been uh, fortunate enough to have been friends with for many years. Uh, She created, um, revolutionized this sort of uh, geek sphere of clothing industry and created a line called Her Universe. Um, There was not um, a line of nerd culture clothing specifically for women before 
Ashley came along and she just felt like I, this needs to exist and I'm going to make this happen. And she did. She's a, she's an actor and a voice actor and a great voice actor. She plays uh, Ahsoka Tano on The Clone Wars, which is on Disney+. And then, so like, as a passion project, built this incredible business around her universe, which, again, is a by fans for fans clothing brand. So she is just someone who is able to manifest something, things that she thinks should exist in the world. She has an incredible story, and this was just a joy to have her on the podcast. Very inspirational, particularly if you're someone who is looking to create something that's really important to you. Also, she wrote a children's book called I Am a Padawan, uh, which is available now, and also is uh, a really strong advocate for mental health uh, awareness. So thank you so much to Ashley for not only being uh, a friend, but also putting really wonderful and positive things into the world. One show note, um, this episode was recorded in April, and uh, so there is a discussion in there about whether or not there's going to be a Comic-Con in San Diego this year, and at the time we didn't know, and then the the, sort of the physical Comic-Con was canceled, but uh, as you probably know, but I'm just letting you know now, there is a virtual Comic-Con, so they, they are just doing the best that they can to, you know, get around a challenging situation. There is going to be virtual Comic-Con Wednesday, July 22nd through Sunday, July 26th. Um, I did uh, a few panels on it for the three Walking Dead shows, uh, Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and also uh, a panel for Walking Dead World Beyond. So we have wonderful cast members on all those panels and things to announce, and it's going to be really fun. It's all going to be on uh, Comic-Con's YouTube channel, which is YouTube slash Comic-Con. And again, thank you to San Diego Comic-Con International for putting this together and still creating uh, a wonderful virtual fan Comic-Con experience um, in light of the circumstances. Uh, There's still going to be hundreds of panels there for you to watch from the uh, safety of your home. So there we go. That is the intro. uh, And this is the ID10T episode number 1080 with Ashley Eckstein as we now roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Backdrop. Oh my gosh. Just like the perfect. Oh, thank you. I have, um, you can't really see it. It's like a Alice in Wonderland. It's like a little heart chair. It's my queen of hearts entryway. It is perfection. (laughs) I mean, obviously it's funny on a podcast to be like, look at that thing. But it, uh, I don't think you can see it. Oh, it's dark, but I have a Wonderland tea room in the back. Oh bathroom. my gosh. <laughs> that is fantastic. If anyone, Thank just you. for anyone and anyone who's listening and wondering what that is, it is Ashley has crafted a, a sort of a living diorama of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it's for, how often do you put on the Alice in Wonderland dress and pose in front at the tea table and put like a hat on someone and a cat like do you do you do the whole do you do the tea party 
you know, I've, I've, I have done several tea parties in my tea room, but it's funny because it started out as my home office. And, um, I actually, that's where I, I, I worked out of every day. And then I eventually sold my company to Hot Topic and they, they told me, they said, well, you know, you get an office and you can decorate it however you want. And I said, are, are you sure about that? And, and there however you want. I was like, can I decorate it like Wonderland? And um, they were like, yeah, sure. And uh, literally I turned my work office into the exact same home office. Like it looks like you're walking into Wonderland. I might have an obsession. Does her universe sell like an Alice in Wonderland dress? Because if it does, you should do the photo shoot in, (laughs) in your tea room. We've we've sold a couple of Alice in Wonderland dresses, and that I might have designed them for selfish gain. I'm not going <laughs> to. But that's the thing is that you. I mean, there's so there's so much to talk about with you <laughs> because, I mean, just the idea of what you built is so incredible. And for anyone listening oh. who just has an idea, they're like, you know, I feel like there's a I feel like there's a gap where this particular thing doesn't exist that I wish existed. And then you just made it. I mean, not just, I mean, obviously I know it's, it's more complicated than just, but, um, but that's the thing is that most of that stuff I would imagine you're like, Oh, you know what else I would really like to have is X, Y, and Z. And so then you just, you made those things for, I'm sure yourself, but then also for other, other people. But really, was it just kind of a thing that you wanted to exist in the world for you? You know, it started out as a simple search for a t-shirt, specifically a Star Wars t-shirt made for me. Yep. I uh, had just been, you know, introduced and cast as the voice of Ahsoka Tano in Star Wars The Clone Wars. And all of a sudden my, you know, my life became immersed with conventions and events. And I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. Um, as you know, you know, I know, I know our, we've shared our love of Star Wars before, but um, I did what any girl would do. And I went shopping, you know, I honestly thought I could just go to a store and buy a Star Wars t-shirt. And I quickly ended up empty handed. I, I ended up in the men's and boys section every time. And they said that, um, literally when I asked about it, they said I should be happy with the men's size small because women and girls wouldn't buy Star Wars clothes made for them. Oh my God. It's so it's so grating to even hear that sentence because especially because we know like we know that the fandom is is very equal like it's not yeah. it's not ju- i mean you know when i was growing up in the 80s nerd culture looked very different but that was just in a pre-internet era when people couldn't form global communities and now it's like it's everyone you know like it's not yeah. it's not what it used to be and and thank God for that, because because it's nerd culture is so diverse now, we get so many different things and characters and points of view and perspectives. And and I, I just, I'm glad that you, this was what, 2008 or nine? It was, so I first started kind of poking around and asking about it in, in yeah, 2008, and then really got serious about it in 2009. So you know, when people told me, they, I mean, they literally told me that women would not buy merchandise made for them. And, you know, to your point, 
I knew that was wrong because I'd already been to Comic-Con. I, you know, I'd been to several conventions at this point, several events at Disney World where, you know, they hosted Star Wars events and I saw women and girls everywhere. And so I actually, I got the attendance numbers to the top five conventions around the world at that, at that point in time. So I reached out to the convention organizers, got their actual attendance and found out that 45% of all attendees at these conventions were women and girls. And that 85% of all consumer purchases were being made by women. So, and I, you no know. no one had bothered to look into this before. No one had bothered to even, like, just these sort of blanket ideas of, like, yeah, that'll never work. You're like, yeah, but I, I have real-world data. Here. Like, not only my own experience, yeah. uh, here are the numbers. I have the numbers in my hands. I literally, I built a business off of those two numbers because there was no research at all. Like it's like they had completely ignored the female fan base. And in fact, I found out that a lot of the research was skewed to give them the answer they wanted and maybe not necessarily the answer they wanted, but you know, for example, I was sitting in a talk once they were talking about, um, action figures, Star Wars action figures. And they said, you know, we ask, uh, 200 kids, you know, a hundred and, you know, 50 boys and 50 girls. Okay, well, it's, it's already skewed at right. that point. And then they said, if you could only pick one action figure out of these 10, which one would you pick? And they would say, you know, Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Padme Amidala, Ahsoka Tano, you know, Captain Rex. Well, if you're asking that many boys, if they can only pick one, mm-hmm. of course they're probably going to say Anakin Skywalker. Right. But it doesn't mean they don't want Ahsoka Tano too. Well, also, if we just, I mean, all we have to do is look at the history of Star Wars action figure collecting to know (laughs) that people collected more than just one character. Like, we collected characters that were on screen for half a second. Like, how many cantina creatures did I have growing up? (laughs) I didn't, like, they didn't, like, ones that didn't even have lines, that didn't even, they just maybe just turned and looked and like, oh, I want, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I mean, it's almost like they forgot how people buy action figures. It was definitely, it was a stereotype that, that just wasn't true at this point that they had just decided, you know, our society had decided that sci-fi fantasy was for men and boys and that it just wasn't for women and girls. And so you know, when I, when I got those statistics and I knew that I wasn't alone, I started just scouring the internet and scouring social media and reading message boards and chat rooms. And I read story after story of how women and girls were being bullied and being bullied terribly for just liking Star Wars. And they would try to have a conversation about Star Wars in a chat room. And the second somebody would find out they were talking to a girl, they would stop talking to her. So women would pretend to be men just so that they could have a conversation about Star Wars. This is just back in 2009. Yeah, that's basically just a decade ago, like not that long ago. Yeah. It seems, I guess just because I've been in it for so long, but even that just seems like, really? Even just that recently, it was still, you know, but obviously, you know, there are certain sections of fandom that can be toxic. Uh, and this is, you know, just sort of one of the things about the internet is that a lot of times the loudest, most toxic voices sort of bubble to the top. 
But I think what we do know now is that those are not representative of the fan bases as a whole. It's a seems to be a fairly small number of people who will devote the time and energy just to bullying or being toxic or, you know, being horrible. So at least I feel like that is the, um, that's the, the silver lining in all of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, that small percentage of toxicity is across all sectors. Like every sector has its own layer of toxic bullies. <laughs> that's, that's just kind of the internet. No, it's it's true. And I mean, even jumping around a little bit, this is something I've been very outspoken about even today is, you know, uh, trust me, I'm not immune to the toxic bullying either. I've been viciously cyberbullied, received everything from death threats to every nasty thing you could say about somebody. I've received it and over stuff that's just not true. And, you know, I've I've experienced that. But to your point, I feel like the toxic fandom is still a small like minority compared to the majority of fandom that still is so good. Like I walk into Star Wars Celebration and it's truly that. It's it's a it's just a celebration of people that just love it and love Star Wars and you know the majority is still positive but to your point it's like the the negative voices are the ones that rise to the top. And, you know, we don't always get to hear the beautiful stories. And, you know, I mean, like yourself, I've, I've been on the front lines of fandom now since, I mean, I would say 2008. And every day I hear a story about how, you know, somebody's life was literally saved because of, of Star Wars or Ahsoka Tano. And, um, and then now just jumping back to her universe about how many women and girls, you know, it's like they can finally be themselves. Because they're, you know, we, we broke the stereotype. And, you know, I mean, you know, I feel like you, I've known you now for all these years, you know, like being a, a, a fan is not just a trend. It's literally like a part of your DNA. Like it's a part, it's of, part of, of who you are. Yeah, it's part of who you are. It's your friend group. It's how you socialize. And, you know, again, not to trivialize the bullying because when it's happening, it's horrible. And no oh, it's awful. To it, no matter how used to it you think you are, and especially for people, you know, and like what you were saying, and, you know, back then, especially for, for women and young girls who were like really putting themselves out there, you're kind of taking a risk when you put yourself out there and then to get, you know, bullied and, and knocked down in, in that way, it, it's really, really, really awful. And so I really do, it's, it's why I'm so thankful that there are, like you said, Star Wars Celebration, Comic-Con, different conventions, because when people can go somewhere in the real world and really see what the fandom is like and really feel the community and really see that, you know, in person people are really cool and it's incredibly affirming. That's why I always encourage people. And that's why I've always encouraged people, you know, when Comic-Con started to get really popular and some of the proto nerds were like, well, I don't know, is it, there are too many fringe people? It's like, yeah, the more the better because it just, yeah. it just widens the net. And it also, you know, even if selfishly it means like, well, because there are more people, there are more dollars coming in. So there will be better content being made to service these larger n- fan base numbers. For all these reasons, I just feel like, yeah, it's, be- it's better to experience it in, in, in real life, which brings me to my next question, which is, do you think, I've been trying to find out if, if San Diego is going to happen this year and, <laughs> and I feel like 
seems like it's going to be a difficult prospect to to have it in July still, but I don't know. I don't know what they're exploring or what they're like, if, if there are digital things that they're exploring or if they're going to knock it to later in the year or what, but you know, of course it will be understandable, but I really, I really will miss it if it doesn't happen. But of course, again, completely understandable in context of what's going on in the world to risk getting 135,000 people together in in a small space. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything, and I, I think I've heard just what you've heard and, and kind of some of the same concerns. You know, it's I, – I, I, I'm hopeful and know we'll get back to what, you know, it once was, if not a new normal, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Yes. Um, and I think what I've been so encouraged by, especially because we have new Clone Wars episodes on the air, uh, is there's just been this huge swell – of a community online. And I think part of it, because I definitely don't want to trivialize it as well, just I'm so outspoken about, you know, anti-bullying and cyberbullying. To me on our social platforms, it's always been a no tolerance zone. Like we'll shut it down. The second there's a comment that's not empowering or uplifting, if if it is bullying in any way, shape or form, I will shut it down. And because we've set that tone, we're, we're not immune to it, but for the most part, it's, it's positive. And so we've had this like almost kind of like safe community online where people are coming and we're, we're having kind of nightly Instagram lives and, um, you know, talking about fandom and our loves. It's almost like a mini online convention. And I think what's, what's happening in the meantime uh, has been actually really beautiful. Like people just kind of coming together, a lot of talk about mental health um, and, you know, the importance of talking about our mental health during this time. Uh, it's, it's really been, you know, I feel like we'll, we'll kind of, we'll get through this in the meantime, but yeah, hopefully I look forward to getting back to Comic-Con and Star Wars Celebration and, and you know, what we know and love. Well, I know, but that's why it's so important and appreciated that, people like yourself are really flying in the face of all the negativity and the toxicity and, and making an even more concerted effort to be a positive voice, you know, on the internet and in fandom and just for people in general who are, you know, feeling isolated now or, you know, or, or anxious or who have a difficult time having a healthy relationship with the news and media and are just intaking the worst. I mean, you know, what, what I'm seeing a lot in the headlines is new study says that, you know, and then it has a worst case scenario and then you'll read and you'll go, Oh yeah, but that's the stuff. There was a wide study and yeah. that was the worst case, the absolute worst case scenario of everything goes wrong, but that was your damn headline, you know? So yeah. and a lot of people don't read past the headlines. And so it, it really is a time where I think we have to make concerted efforts to, bring like seek out positivity in our lives seek out uplifting things take a break from the negative you can be informed and not poison yourself at the same time so yeah. i think it's good that you're doing these 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 chats cuz i know that people look to you and i know that they need it and appreciate it well i started something about a year and a half ago we call it mental health monday and every monday um, there's a post dedicated to mental health and it's everything from, it could just be an inspiring quote to advice, to actual information, like to crisis hotlines. 
Um, and it's been very important to me to just be a voice mm -hmm. for it. And it, it started truly when I was cyber bullied, like, you know, I was bullied as a kid. Um, but that was pre cyber bullying. Right. And it wasn't until I was cyber bullied that, you know, and I, it was, it was over something that just wasn't true. There was no truth to it whatsoever. And I had a ton of people on my side behind the scenes that were supporting me, that was there for me. Um, but, you know, when you receive that level of, of, of hate just coming at you for so long, it, it messes with your head. Like it really does. And I remember, you know, in the middle of it all, I was actually on a book tour and I went to Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And they had just broken ground on the first, uh, in our nation, the first behavioral health pavilion um, dedicated to kids and teens on a children's hospital campus in the nation. So what that is, is it's basically the first hospital like dedicated to mental health yeah. for kids and teens. And the reason that's so important is, you know, 50% of lifelong mental illness presents itself by age 14. And the second leading cause of death for kids uh, age 12 to 19 right now is um, died by suicide. Oh my God. That is the second leading cause of death. That's horrifying. And this hospital, they, they, they partnered with Big Lots. It's called the Big Lots Behavioral Health Pavilion. Um, Big Lots donated $50 million. And they said that it couldn't be done because they said there's no money in mental health, which is true pretty much, you know, kind of up to this time. It's, it's that's why there's not enough support is there's not money in it. And um, they just decided, they said, we need to break the stigma and we're going to be the first to do it. And so they're basically creating a blueprint to hopefully pass around to other hospitals around the nation so they, they can build this for kids. But the reason I, I'm sharing this is I showed up to do a, a book signing for the kids at the hospital right in the middle of when I was being cyber bullied. And here I was thinking I was going to help the kids, but I showed up completely broken, like just completely broken. And they gave me so much help. And I thought, you know what? I'm an adult and I have all the support in the world and it's really messed with my head. I can't imagine how kids feel if they don't have the support or they don't know that they can reach out to someone. No wonder the second leading cause of death, you know, among kids 12 to 19 is suicide. So at that moment is when I decided to speak up. I said, and I knew that it was a problem in our community too, in our fandom community. And I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm learning myself, but gosh darn it, I'm a voice. I'm just, I'm going to, talk about it. Our mental health is just as important as our physical health. We need to talk about it. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, it's just one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of yours is that it's wherever you see something that's not something that you believe should exist, but does not, you manifest it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you make it happen. And, you know, whatever it is about how you were able to sort of re-express all these things into something positive and something useful. Have you always been that way? I mean, it's not, <laughs> it, it, it is a, is it a learned trait? I mean, I guess I'm asking because a lot of people feel particularly now helpless or they feel hopeless or they feel like they're not being heard or they're being told that, you know, their ideas are worthless or they are worthless or whatever. And 
just giving people the tools to say to obviously you're not going to not feel those things when they happen at you, but, but then the tools to say, okay, how do I take this and how can I make something good out of it? Or how can I create something that helps other people? Or how can I, you know, what are some of the tools that you've learned that people might be able to extract and use for themselves when they feel, you know, and I'd imagine most people have felt that way at one time or another. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I'm sitting here in my Alice in Wonderland area. I've always loved Alice in Wonderland and I've loved the phrase curiouser and curiouser. And I've, I've always just been very curious. Like I, I was that person that just asked the questions. And then if I didn't get the answer I wanted, I, I said, well, why not? And I think that like curiosity combined with, and I joke, I, I say that I suffer from chronic naivete because <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can be naive at some points, not, not foolishly, but I, for some reason, I just don't see all the, all the brick walls and the roadblocks ahead of me. I see the end goal and I just say, well, why not? Because that, that's going to help people. So so why, why wait? Why aren't we doing this? And um, I, I think not knowing some of the roadblocks ahead has actually helped me, um, because by not knowing it, I just keep going. Like I just keep like trailblazing and saying, "Well, we got to fix this. We 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 got to talk about mental health. So let's just keep going." Yeah, so, you didn't. You 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 weren't in a position to talk yourself out of it by going, "Oh, that'll never work because of X, Y, or Z." Because I have so much experience in this area. I yeah. do feel like people sometimes can get, you know, sort of caught up in, um, I don't know. I, I think they're just sort of like convenient, like maybe they were roadblocks that were set up at a certain time and then people just sort of put their auto responders on and go, well, that's how it is now. Well, is it really, have you investigated it lately? Do you know for a fact that it can't work? Do we have tools now that might make something work that didn't work five years ago, you know? So that, that's a really great point is asking the question, why not being curious, figuring out, you know, if we were going to make it work, what would that look like? I mean, that's the best place to start. And it, and it really, um, that kind of curiosity can really help also distract yourself from all of the internal crap that you feel, you know, because you're kind of looking outward instead of attacking inward. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. And, and also you, you really have to listen to people um, because oftentimes, well, I would say very few times it does no mean no. I feel like a lot of times all we hear, if somebody tells us no, we shut down and, and we say, okay, well that didn't work. But you got to keep listening for the but, because usually when somebody says no, they say no, but, and it's, they have a reason. And, you know, going back to when I started her universe, Lucasfilm told me no twice when I went to them and I said, Hey, I want to start a merchandise line for female fans. And, um, they told me no, but they didn't say no to my idea. They said no, but, and they said, because we only work with reputable companies and we only give out licenses. So. I kind of took a step back and I said, okay, well, they didn't say no to my idea. I just need to start a company and I need to apply for a license. So I think it's, it's really just keeping your ears open 
to say, are they really saying no? Am I really being shut down? Or is it, is, are they saying no, but, and then what do, what, what do then do, do I need to do to fix it? Um, and also I want to give you major props here because I, uh, going back to being curious is you just got to ask questions, like just keep asking questions. And, um, in the very beginning, uh, when I was just getting up off the ground, um, we actually worked together mm-hmm. and, uh, we got to create merchandise together and we went on the road for course of force together, but I was such a small company, such a small company. Like, I don't even know if you realized at the time, the opportunity that you gave me to work with you and your company, like what that meant, like to me and even for my company, like, you know, just giving someone the opportunity absolutely allowed me to take a huge step in the right direction. And, you know, part of it is just asking the question and saying, Hey, can I work with you? And sometimes you'd be surprised what people say. And I just want to thank you for your kindness because you absolutely changed the course of my business. (laughs) Well, I, you know, what you were doing was so great and fresh and and needed and it had it had such a great perspective and also you know you, you you were just so nice and just just a good just a good human being and you know on top of that it i saw you also as a really great community leader because i didn't see you as someone who was approaching this as like oh how can we get how can we get these nerd dollars in here it was you obviously cared about what you did and you could see if you were on the Her Universe email list how much it was, it felt like you were part of it. Like you made, you made people feel like they were, we're all in this together. You know, here's some people from the community. Here's what some of this stuff looks like here. You know, it, it was so personal that, um, and, and, I, and, and I always saw that as really important because it, especially with this sec, with this, demographic this subgenre of, of 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 content you know it's so easy for big companies to take advantage of it because they see dollar signs and so when you meet someone who is an authentic fan who's it's sort of like we're making stuff by fans for fans mm-hmm. i really care about this stuff as much as you you're in the demographic of the stuff you're making and you really care that's really important i think it's really important for our community because then we're ensured that we're not getting taken advantage of yeah. by some, I mean, ultimately there's a big company behind most stuff as things start to scale up. Cause there's just, it's just difficult as a person to manufacture things on a wide scale by yourself. Yeah. But at least if you can, at least if, if you're the soul of it and you can inject that, that amount of authenticity and that amount of compassion and empathy and, you know, all those things are, are really important, uh, in, you know, in our, in our consumer culture to have real humans connected with, with things, with brands and stuff is, I think is, is, is vital. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And that actually, to me, is the secret to the success we were able to have is because from day one, uh, when I started my company, I said, her universe is two parts. It's a merchandise line, but more importantly, it's a community. Mm-hmm. And I said, the community must always come first and it must always guide us. And it did. It always guided my decisions. And um, 
you know, of course it was a business. Of course I had to find a way to make money, but I figured if I did it for the right reasons that, that the money would be there, that if we created a community and really I founded my company on anti-bullying, I was, I was tired of women and girls being bullied for just being a girl and liking Star Wars. And so I, you know, that was really my why. I feel like, you know, we, we often talk about what is your why, you know, I feel like as long as you stay true to what, what your why is and my why was, you know, changing the stereotype and making it a safe and positive community for female fans. And so they weren't bullied. And, you know, my why with mental health is, you know, for all of these fans that share with me their stories of, you know, anxiety and depression, and they've contemplated suicide and, you know, and the fact that they don't feel comfortable to talk about it. My, my why is, is really goes back to our community. And I feel like as, you know, that's, that's what's guided me. And that was our secret. And I feel like companies that only focus on the money, sure. Okay. It'll, it'll, it'll take you to a place like you, sure. You may go far, but it's, I, I think it's a sprint. It, there's a sprint and a marathon. Mm-hmm. Companies that only focus on the money, they may win the sprint, but they won't win the marathon. Right. And then also, you know, at, at the end of it, how fulfilled do you feel? You know, I mean, yeah. someone can make all the money in the world and be dead inside and empty. And it doesn't because they're not a part of something that's bigger than themselves or they're not you know, like a, a, a real piece of the world or the, or any kind of a community. And so I've always thought of, you know, of everything is like, you know, it's, we're not making, it's like, we're not creators in the sense that we're just creating for ourselves. We're, we are community people, like we're community builders and, you know, and if you like this community, great. If not, the, 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 the internet's a big place and there's a yeah. for everyone, you know, you don't have to like this thing. You don't have to like everything. And it is that idea of like, hey, this doesn't have to be for literally everyone in the world. It can be for the right people that connect with it. And that's, that's perfect the way, the way that it is. So, you know, it, it, especially now, community is so <laughs> important because we don't have the luxury of, like I was saying earlier, experiencing go to a Comic-Con in real life. Well, we can't do that at the moment. So these types of communities online where we really are conversing. And this is why social media is so tricky because social media doesn't foster in-depth conversation per se, unless you're live streaming. But I mean, just like quick little posts, you know, 240 characters or whatever little post on Facebook or in Instagram. It's like, how can, how can we adapt to this world that's new normal right now and still connect when we're a little limited, you know, the way that, the way that we used to. So besides the Instagram chats, how else are you connecting with people? Oh, well, that's a great question because I am such a people person. So, you know, this is, this is tough for me right now, you know, pretty much only having, you know, Instagram chats or, you know, social media posts, you know, I'm trying to take the approach of, you know, we need connection now more than ever. So when you think of someone, call them, mm-hmm. call them or text them. Um, we, you know, it's, 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 it's awful to, to feel lonely and invisible. 
And sometimes you never know, it can make the world of difference to somebody to just make them feel seen and heard and visible. And it can just be as easy as a phone call or a text. Um, I mean, the other thing, and I don't, I don't know how to, how to do this per se. You know, I, I, I often say people smell fraud from a mile away. And, you know, you know, I mean, I feel like I just, I connected with you because I could tell instantly just how genuine you were and how genuinely you love what you do. And that was so evident. And I feel like now more than ever, we just need to try to be our genuine selves because people connect with that. And for me, the only, what guides me on how to be like the best, most genuine version of myself is I... I still have to sleep at the end of the night. I have to put my head on the pillow at the end of the night and sleep well. And I can't sleep well if I haven't treated others with kindness and, you know, treat others as you want to be treated and done the right thing. And, you know, your conscience is your guide. And I feel like, you know, it's, I often call it your superpower. I feel like our, our gut and our conscious is our superpower. We all have it. We all have the answers. It's just whether you choose to listen to it or not. Right. And I, I feel like if we can be the most genuine version of ourselves and just connect with people right now, um, you're going to see a lot of kindness and a lot of positivity come out of this very sad time. I know we- Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. I love the focus on mental health because especially, I mean, look, you even take a percentage of, you know, the, our percentage of trolls and bullies online. Of course, there's going to be a sliver of them that are just like chaotic anarchists. They just want to watch the world burn and that's just it. You know? <laughs> but I know that if, there were more focus on mental health if there were more if 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 mental health was more accessible or it could just permeate a bit more like mental health tools a percentage of those trolls a non-zero number a considerable percentage of those trolls could get the help <laughs> to help them deal with express or give them tools 
to not lash out to, to, you know, maybe have some empathy for themselves in a way, you know, like that. I just think it, it helps everyone. It doesn't, you know, like, and, and that to me is, is the hope that everyone gets the kind of help that they need. Again, I hope it does not sound like I'm defending trolling. I'm not at all. No, 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 no. A lot of those are human beings who, and, and a lot of them might need help and are desperately crying for help in a toxic way. And how can we reach out to, how can we make stuff available? Sort of like this hospital you're talking about in Columbus sounds amazing. Like, can we sort of get this stuff at an early age so that it doesn't, take root and fester so that by the time people in their late twenties and thirties, you know, they have to do a bit more work to sort of unpack and, you know. Yes. Well, and that, that's exactly it. So, so going back to what you're first saying, cause no, I, I 100% understand what you're saying. You're not standing up for bullies, but the bully is often the one that was being bullied or they'll say the bully was often the victim originally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, you don't, like the phrase, you don't judge someone until you've walked in their shoes. Well, oftentimes, you know, the bully has, they've had a pretty awful walk. Um, and so now they're lashing out to your point. But um, I was just blown away with what Nationwide Children's Hospital is doing in the Big Lots Behavioral Pavilion. So, um that the stat that I shared earlier that, you know, 50% of lifelong mental illness presents itself by the age of 14, you know, I'm, I'm supporting mental health for all ages. You know, it's not just kids and teens, but what that showed me is that if we can catch it early, think of how many adults you're saving. And sure enough, I've got several family members that are really struggling with mental health right now. And, and they were like, well, it started when I was 14 or 15 or 16 and I didn't get the help I needed. And you know, we could we could help so many people if we catch it early. And it's not just the, you know, the one suffering, it's the whole family. I mean, you know, just like we get the coronavirus or we get a cold, our brain gets sick. And it's, you know, it's not it's not like a lifelong thing. It's, you know, something that you can work on and get better and you may struggle with it off and on, but it's, it's, you know, it's something that we should talk about our mental health as commonly as commonly as we talk about the coronavirus. I, I mean, it's, you know, especially even just the idea that it destigmatizes seeing help or destigmatizes it for young people so that they don't feel ashamed. Like, Oh, because of course, when you're a kid, you just want to fit in because you, you want to feel a part of something and you don't want anyone to turn and go, you're stupid. What I am. Oh my God. What, you know? And so the idea that if young people know, uh, that it's a very normal thing, the same way, like going to the gym, you know, or eat, you know, like the food that you eat, whatever it's, it's just as, as, as common as all of those things. Yeah. Mental health. Of course, especially now because our brains are just crowded with all of the stimuli that we're cramming in that, you know, the internet culture, computers, phones, everything, social media, it evolved way faster than I think than our brains could have caught up with. And so Mm -hmm. even just that much stimuli, I think, creates a mental health concern because we're all processing too much information at once. And so it needs to be exactly like you said, as normal as 
anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, and obviously that's, that takes work, but it's important that, you know, people like yourself or people like Will Wheaton or people, you know, people that we know in common that are very open about mental health, allow other people to go, oh, okay, so I'm not, I'm not broken. I just, just a thing that I can talk about and work with and, you know, but then I need access to the help. So it's good. When does this uh, facility in Columbus open? You know what? It actually just opened. Oh, fantastic. So I was able, yeah, I was able to go to the opening and dedication literally like two weeks before our nation was shut down. (laughs) So (laughs) I I was there just in time. And I mean, it's a gigantic hospital. I mean, it's massive and it's, it's a crisis center uh, as well and an emergency room just for mental health, like a whole hospital dedicated to it. It's, it's literally like I cried walking in it because like I said, it's something that, you know, my family struggled with. We've had several instances and you just, you know, oftentimes you feel hopeless. Like there's no help out there for you. And here I was in this hospital, I walked, they gave us a tour and I walked into this emergency room where if like, if, if your kid or teen is in serious crisis, you can take them just like you would take them if they, you know, broke their arm. And it's, we need, we need hospitals like this in every state. Oh, I absolutely agree. And the thing that's so insidious about um, when it starts to go bad is everyone, it's, it's, it's the identity process. You know, everyone feels sad at times. Everyone feels insecure at times. So it can be difficult for someone to identify like I'm having a bad day or a bad week or, you know, I just, I lost my job or I just got out of a relationship. So I'm having a little bit of an extended period versus like, this is a, this is a real thing that I need to, but even that's, but even with those, those, those instances that are more temporary, this is why I feel like it's great if everyone just had access to therapy or a mental health care professional, someone that they could check in with regularly. They could go, you know what? This is just a thing, you know, this feels temporary. This would be, or, Hey, you know what? Let, let's, let's just keep talking. Let's talk. Let's talk every week and sort of yeah. check in and make sure. And, uh, and just keep it, keep, we'll just keep an eye just in case. Well, and neglected mental health can turn into mental illness or in my case, I mean, I'll be outspoken about it. I, after being cyber bullied and, and while, you know, running a company at the same time, I internalize stress and I didn't realize that I was doing that. And I internalized a ton of stress and it caused it. I mean, it wreaked havoc on me physically. So mental health can have physical side effects. So for me, I ended up, I was up to 25 consecutive migraines a month and like day after day after day. And it turns out it was my, like I was internalizing all of my stress. And so, you know, so something as simple as I needed to learn how to cope better with my stress, maybe some breathing exercises or something that I could have done. I let it compound and compound and compound to where all of a sudden I have 25 migraines a month and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And it started with stress. Well, also, it, I feel like anxiety sort of does this thing where it kind of, I, I thought about, I've thought about it for years and years and years. You know, why do these things happen? What's the, is, is there sort of like a, not a consciousness behind it, but like, what's the, what's the reason, you know, like, and I wonder, you know, when you have anxiety, 
sort of attacks the weakest part of your body, like whatever that is. And for me, for the longest time, it was my back or my stomach. I thought I had stomach ulcers all the time. And, and then I would wonder like, well, is part of the side effect of this because my body is like distracting me from, like my body is distracting me with pain from my emotional pain, you know, it's like, it, but then also just stomach acid production and the tension and all that. It, it really does manifest like real physical issues that when unchecked can really mess you up in, in, in the long term and lead to a whole host of things. But anxiety is a great mimicker. It can mimic so many different symptoms of things that it's it just really can that it's really good to just have access to someone who has a perspective that's outside your head that can say, you know, you're going to be okay. This is, you know, here's, let's talk about this. Let's just get it out. Let's identify yeah. it. Let's be mindful of it. Even that can have such profound effects on, on people. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like you understand this as well. Being, being, you know, so much in the, in like, uh, in the limelight, like being on, on um, kind of the front lines of things sometimes, you know, I feel very privileged that people trust me and come up and talk to me. I, I went on a nationwide book tour and I was shocked how many people would come up to get their book signed, but they use that opportunity to like in quiet, they would like whisper. They'd be like, thank you so much. I, you know, what you're doing has really helped me. I struggle with anxiety and I just wanted to let you know, thank you. And after like I, I like I went on the book tour for six weeks. After that six weeks, and I had stories like that every day. I said this shouldn't be a secret. Like I feel honored that these people feel safe enough to share their stories with me, but they shouldn't feel like it's a secret. Like we got to talk about this. And so that's really what opened up my eyes. And from then on, I was like, well, I'm I'm not an expert, but I've got a loud voice, <laughs> and well, I'll just talk. It is incredible that it, you know, this all sort of came from the fact that you're a performer and we're, we're working on a show that you liked and then it just unlocked all this other stuff about you. That <laughs> you, you know, like every step you took was about you being more uniquely yourself. You know, initially it was about pop culture stuff and then it became about mental health. And so the idea that you're able to sort of be publicly as much and embrace you as possible has to be therapeutic for you as, as well. I would imagine, right. That you get to, that you feel comfortable being open about who you are, about the things that you like, and also the things that you go through in hopes that other people will be able to connect with it. That, that has got to have helped you as well. I imagine. Oh, it definitely has. I mean, when I, when you, when you get these comments and you see that, like by, by you being open, how it's truly helping people, it makes you want to just keep going. And I mean, I will say for me personally, um, you know, something, something happened recently and it was, it, I'm not going to lie professionally. It was very sad and frustrating. Like I just took a day. I, 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 I just took a day off and I just had a bit of a pity party and it was, it was just, you know, I was just kind of, I checked out of the world for the day and, um, I was looking on social media and, um, honestly just crying and, you know, just having a bad day. And, um, 
so I posted something. I posted a fortune cookie from Star Wars The Clone Wars that said, never give up hope no matter how dark things seem. And I just posted it because that's how I was feeling at the moment. I didn't even put a caption with it. I just posted it. And um, everyone started commenting. And then there was this kid that I don't even know. I, 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 they've never commented before on, on my pages. Cause I usually, I read the comments. I, I see a lot of the same people. It was a new kid that I'd never seen before and just wrote like two paragraphs about how he's been watching me on, um, well, his name's Sammy. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I think it's a boy, but he's been following me on social media, uh, for a couple months now and how he was contemplating suicide and just, solely from my mental health Mondays and Instagram posts decided to, to not do it and to save his life. And I, here I was crying and I'm just like, I, I instantly stopped. I was just like, okay, well that's, that's what it's about. Like, right. it's not about, you know, oh, I didn't get this or I didn't get that. No, it's, it's about, we have a platform and, and it's, we're able to truly make a difference in people's lives. And when you get messages like that, it puts everything in perspective. It's totally. just like, okay. Yes. Because when, you know, when things go sideways, like the way, that, the, the way that the world has gone sideways, right? Yeah. Now, it does shrink your world into sort of like, what are the most important basic things? You know, I'm still here. I still have a voice. I still am able to connect with people. I still can, you know, put positive things into the world. Uh, you know, I, I'm here. My family's here. Like, you, you, you sort of forget all those other things that seem so important yeah. when you kind of get caught up in ego stuff or, you know, in the pursuit of, you know, whatever it is that you're pursuing. Oh, oh I, got, I didn't get this thing. I really wanted it. I really, you know. And then, like, yeah, you see something like that and you're like, oh, Oh no 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 no! This is what's important. <laughs> yes, this thing's fine. It's a nice distraction. All the sort of you know, all the sort of external stuff, the career stuff, or whatever. But this is actually the, the these life things are really really the most important yeah. things. You know, who am I? How am I connecting with people? What's going to be here after I'm not here anymore? You know, how have I contributed? All those things. Yeah, well, and if I can share one one last story with you about that, um, so. I was a full-time actress in LA years ago that as a kid, I, I knew I wanted to be an actress and I was told by a teacher that I could only do one thing, that if I wanted to be an actress, I had to give up all my other aspirations. And I always loved fashion design. I always loved creating, but you know, I believe my teacher and my teacher said, if you want to be an actress, you have to solely do acting. And so I did. And I, I picked acting. I went to an acting conservatory. Then I moved to um, LA and pursued film and television. And I, I was perfectly happy with that. Like I was fine just doing acting. Um, and then I met my husband, and um, he played. He used to play baseball. David. And yes, David. He um, he says hello. By the way, tell him I said hello. <laughs> he played professional hey, I baseball will do. for the San Diego baseballing team. The Padres, right? <laughs> Is it the Padres. Yeah. Uh, yes, Padres. Good yes. job. Hey, at least you didn't say sports ball. A lot of people say, "Yeah, your husband he plays that sports ball." He was thing. a catcher, uh, shortstop, and Get then it. second base. Oh God, I'm sorry. I really, <laughs> I'm not a put on. I'm really bad with this stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's, it's all good. And, and there's no knowledge of baseball needed for this part of the story. But, um, you know, in his career, he, he got injured. He had a series of injuries and he was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. And so I needed to be with him because I had to go with him to all of his doctor's appointments and really, you know, help him get, get healthy again. And um, I found myself in Toronto and my agents and managers all dropped me. They said, you know, if you're not in LA, that means you're not making us money. And if you're not making us money, that means you're no good to us. I quote, literally, I had a manager that told me that. Oh my God. Yeah. So I found myself now, and I had had a pretty successful career in LA in film and television. And I found myself on my couch in Toronto with nothing like I was still the voice and, and it wasn't nothing. I was still the voice of Ahsoka Tano, but Ahsoka wasn't out yet. Like it hadn't been announced yet. And it just, you know, I think of a time like right now where everyone is either like being furloughed or, or being fired or losing their jobs and they're sitting at home feeling like they have nothing. And I was at that place. I, I had nothing. Everything that I had worked for my entire life was, was gone. And but that's when I had the idea about her universe. That's when I started doing my research and, um, you know, brainstorming of like, hey, this doesn't exist. Maybe it should. And so I would encourage everyone, you know, as we're sitting at home, we have, we have nothing else to do except be curious. And I would say be curious about, like, what are you most passionate about? What do you want to do? If, if, if you don't get your job back, well, okay, you're at a new path. Maybe the path is now you can go this way or that way. Which way do you want to go? Go this way. Um, it's, you know, out of a, out of a, when a door is slammed, I, I do believe a window opens. And I feel like we can all relate to that right now. And, you know, for me, one of the biggest blessings of my entire life started from my couch when I was absolutely heartbroken. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I, I, I completely understand that, and I have a very similar story about why I started the podcast. It was like a job. It was a, a similar, it, it, it was a similar situation where I thought I was going to get some TV job that I thought was going to change my life. And at the last minute, it just, it, the door slammed and the wind and the windows didn't open. They all shattered. And, <laughs> and I just, I thought, well, this is it. That was my, I, I mean, you know, you kind of have these unrealistic, Oh, that was my last opportunity. I don't know when I'm going to get another blah, blah, blah. 
And then a couple of days later, I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to start a podcast. And then, of course, the podcast ended up becoming like one of the most significant personal things I've ever done. Yes. And if I had gotten that job, when I look back, I, I realized, oh, that job was for someone else. Probably would have been relatively soulless. I got to, I made something that was so much more of an exploration of who I am and what I care about. Now, it's not that I would have sought out that pain and rejection, but it <laughs> yeah. happened. So in the wake of it, yeah. what do I do? And, and we, we, we can, to a certain degree, choose how we react to things in the long run. Obviously, you're going to have knee-jerk reactions to things, but ultimately what you do, you know, with, with some exceptions, um, you, you can make choices about how you take something and then, and then react to it. So I do hope that during this time, when people are just going through this sort of abject horribleness that they might be going through, that that doesn't mean that they're out. It doesn't mean that the story's over. It just means that maybe that's the end of that chapter, but there's another chapter to be written and the end of the story hasn't happened yet and it can still have a happy ending and probably a better one. Yeah. I, I, I always say the only person that can truly write your story is you. You have the power to write your own story. Sure, other people are going to play characters throughout your story and impact it. But at the end of the day, you're the only one with the pen Mm -hmm. Um, or the keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) It still works. No, it totally totally still works. But that's why, I mean, listen, it's you and I are so on the same page with all this stuff. So, you know, it's if it is a lot of positivity talk and I feel yes. like it's necessary though to, to just, to try, I don't know. I feel like I want to be a cheerleader for people sometimes and just say like, just, yeah. I know it sucks right now, but just stay in the game. Cause you, you know, like anything can happen still. Like it's not, you know, and, and I, I want that for people because I know there were, you know, when I was young and when I lost that job or whatever, like it, I needed that then. And I, I, I wanted to, so I want to be that for people sometimes and just say like, it's not, don't write yourself out yet. You know, like yeah. anyone who is, who's gone on to do something that was so incredibly fulfilling thought at one time or another, like, well, I guess this is all it. It's just a pile of crap now and it's all over <laughs> and that, and, and couldn't have envisioned because when you're in the depths of it, when you're in the depths of crap, it's sort of hard to envision like something good could happen to you or I could be at the top of my field or I could help all these people because you just don't have something to compare it to in the moment, but it doesn't yeah. mean that it can't happen. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I, you know, becoming the voice of Ahsoka Tano for Star Wars changed my life. It truly just changed my life for the better. And to me, she represents hope. Like this character has become such a light in the Star Wars universe. And I mean, in Rise of Skywalker, she guides Rey and says, you know, uh, she says, you know, uh, let the light guide you. And Ahsoka says, as it guided us. And she truly, you know, let, just lets the light guide her. And, you know, in these, the final season of the Clone Wars, I mean, you want to talk about dark times. I mean, it's, it's Order 66. It's literally the darkest of times when all hope is, you think is gone. Like there's, there's literally no light in what's going on. She still finds the light. And, you know, it sounds cheesy to say, but I, I know you understand this because we were in the same fandom and have so many of the same passions. But I literally ask myself once a day, what would Ahsoka do? 
this fictional animated character, I ask myself, what would Ahsoka do? Because I feel like she would do the right thing and, and she would always find hope and light even in the darkest of times. And so, you know, I think we all, that's why we love these stories so much as we like find these characters or these stories that just provide us that hope. Like as cheesy as it sounds, one of the best songs to come out, I think in 2019 is from Frozen 2. Anna sings it and it's called The Next Right Thing. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Um, and when all is gone, she's literally like in a dark room and, and she just is saying, I don't know what to do next. So I'm just going to do the next right thing. So even if that's all you do, if you just baby steps, the next right thing, it will eventually lead you to the light. Well, and also I understand what you're saying about using the character as a guiding principle because it, I, I, I mean, I, I, I wrote something kind of like that in my book, like a, a long time ago, which was, you know, it's like when you're playing D and D you, you pick your character and your character has a very simple axis of alignment. It's like, you know, morally what they're going to do in all situations and ethically what they're going to do in all situations. And the simplification of that just takes all the complex like all the stuff where you could really get in your own way, it takes a lot of that out because you go, oh, well, I know exactly what this character is going to do because they have a very simple mm-hmm. two-step way of approaching s- situations. Obviously, life is more complicated than that. However, at least it gets you on the path of asking the right questions when you feel overwhelmed. Oh, well, what would this character do who has a much simple, because it's a character in a story and needs to be simplified in a way that people can understand in context of a story what would they do? That's not a terrible thing to do at all because it, it helps people kind of take a lot of the garbage out and simplify and go, oh, well, they might do this. Well, I guess that means I could make this choice or this choice. I mean, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world to me, all the sense in the world to me. And also it why does. fandom is so important. is <laughs> <laughs> yes. legitimately important because it is about aspirations and hopes and characters that we feel connected to. And yeah, I don't think anyone should feel silly saying, you know, like, what would this character do? Uh, Maybe not a Voldemort type, but you know, like, (laughs) but, 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 but characters that, that tend to prevail with hope and positivity and things like that. Cause at least it can get you asking some of the better questions. Yeah. Of yourself. I, I I completely agree, completely agree. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. At the end of the day, I, like our, if we listen to it, your gut is going to tell you what to do, the right from wrong. And it's actually pretty simple. Well, it's just so easy to, it can get clouded with insecurity or clouded with like if we had bad role models in our immediate yes. life that told us that we were dumb or that we don't know what we're talking about. Of course, you know, it can quite, you, you question a lot of those things, but again, this is why I go back to like mental health. When you can deal with that stuff and unpack that stuff, um, you know, EMDR is a, is a, is a pretty wonderful form of therapy that can help sort of like un you can work on, you know, trauma from early in your life. Then when you sort of get a lot of that stuff out of the way, you're, you're, you do tend to feel more of your, got to your more authentic self. Oh, okay. I feel more confident. I feel more comfortable. I feel more, you know, but again, it is working through a lot of that stuff. I can't help. You're but, exactly right. Do you know, do you know Danica McKellar? 
Have you ever met Danica? <laughs> we we have met uh, once or twice, and she I am like such a fangirl uh, of hers. <laughs> she is also a beam of sunshine that I feel like I just feel like you guys would be friends because Danica also. If you follow her on social media, she has the same mission of just like, I want people to feel supported. I do these McKellar motivational Monday things. I do fitness stuff. I like, she'll just post stuff and just go, Hey you, I hope you're having a nice day. And it's like, God, I really needed that. You know, like, it. Just, <laughs> I feel like you're, you're, you're cut from similar cloth in that way and could probably get up to some good stuff together. And also she's a fan of things and I don't know, it just feels like maybe there's a, maybe there's stuff that you guys could do together because, you know, the, the, the more, the more of these sort of positive voices that are, that are coming together in a, you know, in a justice league of, of, of health, maybe, <laughs> you know, like the better, I guess. I don't know. That's why I thought you guys might've known each other. Oh yeah, no, I've we we've met, and I'm a huge fan of hers, and that would be awesome if everybody teamed up with her. I might, I might need to be a connector in this, in this place. <gasps> Set us up on a blind blind friendship date. Yeah, a blind friend, a, a blind friendship Zoom <laughs> right now. But uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about or promote or mention or anything? Is 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 her universe? Are 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 you actively? putting out stuff right now with Hot Topic or what's the, what's the situation? Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, heruniverse.com is, uh, still, uh, is our website and we're, we actually just released a really cool collection for Black Widow and we have a collection for the Clone Wars. Great. So, um, and you know, the final season of Clone Wars is now on, uh, Disney plus and, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty epic. It's, in my opinion, it ranks up there as some of the best Star Wars that's ever been made. Uh, it's, it's the Siege of Mandalore as the, the finale, and um, you'll, you know, see Order 66 go down, uh, and it's, it's pretty epic. Well, I have always appreciated your friendship, and I appreciate that uh, you are able to take what could, you know, what someone else could have been like, eh, I got a basket of rotten lemons, oh well and really turn it into something special and magical for other people. And, um, and I, I really, it's it, like, even I, I've even used your emails that you just send out to the Her Universe email list of like, this is how, th this, this is what it's about. It's, this is, you can, you can feel at the soul of Ashley in this, and, but also like the fans of it too. Like it, it just, it's, it's what thing, I mean, if, companies should hire you as a consultant to come in and go, here's how we draw, here's how we make this about humans and not about, you know, dollars first or not about commerce first, but about humans first and really connect and, and build out a community. People should, people should hire you oh. just to say like, Hey, just be a person <laughs> Care about people. Why don't you? Well, thank you so much. You're very kind, but I I will say you have been a huge part of my journey and I, I haven't had the chance to thank you often. So I'll take this chance on your podcast to thank you um, because you helping me out and believing in me from the beginning made all the difference in the world. And um, from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough. Somewhere I have a picture of us in like, like in Tauntaun sleeping bags, which I think was <laughs> yes. for part of course of the force it, it was have, yeah it must have been yeah because think geek had just made those 
I think that was an April Fool's joke that they were going to make Tauntaun sleeping bags. And people were like, no, no, you need to make these. And they go, okay. And they did. Another, you know, another fun company, you know, by Nerds for Nerds uh, from back in the day. And I, I, I have I a have. picture of us where it looks like the Tauntaun's arms are our arms. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to have to dig that up and send it to you. Uh, oh, that, that would be awesome. I remember that photo. I mean, our, our fandom takes us in crazy places, or I guess I should say our jobs. So we found ourselves, I think, on the Santa Monica Pier, or no. One, pier, yeah. It was one of the piers. It wasn't Santa Monica, but it was one of the piers at like 7 a.m. in the morning, laying in Tauntaun sleeping bags. Like It was hey. like Long Beach or something. I think it was... Yes, yeah. It was kind of into it. Yeah, because the lightsaber ran all the way. It was. Down. Yeah. Um, it was a random pier along the coast. <laughs> yep, yep. And I remember that moment of just being like, "This, we get to do this. This is yeah. crazy that we get to do this. How did this happen? This is magic, you know? Yeah. Uh, and again, all of those things, us getting to that place wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been in situations that we had to like, rethink things, ask better questions, overcome stuff. And then again, you know, do stuff for ourselves, be who we are. So that's what I hope people take away from this podcast as we are spending more epic amounts of time with (laughs) ourselves than any time in recent memory that I can think of. Uh, But is your Instagram, are the Instagram um, videos nightly? Are you doing those every night or most? Um, I I would say a couple throughout the week, definitely every Monday. um, And then a couple throughout the week. And it's just on at Ashley Eckstein on, on Instagram. And, um, and yeah, some of them are serious. Some of them are silly, but at least it's, it's, it's real and genuine. And, you know, I, I often say this, I'll leave you with this. One of the best piece of uh, pieces of advice, um, a manager once gave me, she said, your mind is like a dangerous neighborhood at night. Don't walk in it alone. And right now, you know, when all we really have, like you said, is to sit at home and kind of walk in our own minds, you know, come join the conversation and get out of, you know, your own mind. And cause it, 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 it helps have somebody hold your hand. Cause it's, it's a dangerous place if you're by yourself. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate you. And, uh, it was really nice catching up well, with you. You and too. Thank let's, you. Let's catch up again soon. Not, you know, not on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll text you. I'll text you right now. Awesome, and yeah, I look forward to staying in touch. And um, if there's, let me know when you're in Orlando. Would love to meet up with you guys. I will. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, right. Chris. Take care. Bye bye. ID ten T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. (laughs) There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. 
Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. <laughs>